afternoon and thank you for joining me once again, Susie Bruff, and for tuning into our Premier Fitness Podcast Series. I'm delighted to say that this episode makes me feel incredibly humble to be able to facilitate a conversation around mental health and well-being. This episode is dedicated to a recent survey that went out sector-wide and here to explain much more about it are two fabulous ladies. Here with me I have Katie Lewis from Brand Chatter. Hello. And, hi Katie and Lindsay Simpson from Spark Team Communications. Welcome ladies. Hi, Hello, Hi. thanks for having us on. Oh, my absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Um, I was so excited when uh, we discussed this originally and we agreed this would be a really, really cool idea. So thank you for taking the time um, to come on with me. And I'm sure this will be a very interesting listen for our listeners. Um, so I've got lots of questions that I'd like to ask you, if that's OK with you. Um, but what might be really helpful, we just start off with... Uh, can you uh, both tell our listeners a little bit about you both and, and, and how long you've been in the sector, please? Yeah, so I'm Katie Lewis and God, I've been in the sector for, for my whole career. So I did a degree in human movement studies back in the day, graduated in 1991 and then entered the fitness sector with a company that doesn't exist anymore called Fitness for Industry and basically took on a general dog's body role uh, working in a health club stroke spa and uh, learned the ropes and worked my way up the sort of operational ladder and eventually landed in a general manager position for a multi-facility club. And that was a role I held for about two years. But while I was sort of learning the ropes, I realized that the area that I was really interested in and enjoyed was marketing and comms. And yeah. I remember not really particularly looking for a new job, but um, I saw an advert in Leisure Opportunities for a company called Promote PR, which at the time was the leading communications agency in health and fitness. And I made just like a speculative application and um, lo and behold, got got the job and that was a role that was a role I stayed in really for the next 14 years so I spent the last 14 years helping other brands and you know that's a massive broad spectrum of brands from operators in both the public and private sector to equipment suppliers national governing bodies of sports the likes of um, I've worked with UK Active with uh, Simsboro the National Skills Academy so you know a really really broad range of, of, of clients and I was basically when I when I left there five years ago ago to go freelance I was in the position of um, senior account director so I've been responsible for sort of directing the strategic comms of, of, of many brands helping to amplify the voice and really you know fulfill UK Active's ambition to get more people more active more often and now I'm working freelance um, I've got a limited company called Brand Chatter and I'm continuing that that line of work Excellent, thank you. And uh, I do think you are probably one of the most passionate people about fitness I've ever met, Katie. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I've, been, I've had a lovely relationship with um, Premier Global NASM as well. Back in the day when it was Premier Training, I was the account manager then back at Promote. And then it's lovely for the past about two and a half years. Obviously, I've seen you on, on your journey now that you've, you've been obviously bought by said Learning in the US. I've been on that journey with you as well. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. Oh, we love working with you, I'm Katie. And, uh, I keep saying this to everybody, but I can't wait to meet you and just, you know, have a nice glass of wine over lunch. It'll be amazing. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wrong on that day. Wrong on that day. Wrong on that day. Thank you so much. And Lindsay, um, it'd be great to hear a little bit more about you, please. 
Um, hi everyone, my name's Lindsay Simpson. I actually started in the fitness industry as Lindsay Nash, so um, that was in the day, the days before marriage and babies. But um, I'm a comms and engagement specialist. I've got over 25 years experience. Um, I'm a mental health first aider, like Katie, um, and also a mental health first aid instructor. And my business is called Spark Team Communications, and I work with organisations in a variety of sectors to create healthy cultures. But fitness is my first love. Like Katie, I did a sports degree. I did a sport and recreation degree at Birmingham. Hello to alumni out there. Um, I started out as, I think I started working in the creche, actually, uh, in, in my first uh, club. Then I became an instructor, a PT, a duty manager. And then I became the, it was then the FIA, it was a fledgling organization. I became their first membership liaison manager. So that was an amazing role where I got to travel the country and talk to all sorts of different people and operators and engage them in terms of what mattered to them in terms of the work of the FIA. I used to run the Flame Awards um, and just absolutely loved it. So I also worked at Promote PR. Uh, Katie and I actually first met when I left and she went into the role I was in. So we've never actually worked together but we've always kept in touch and, and talked and then I went freelance um, so I've worked both in and out of the sector I've worked for some of the biggest names in the fitness industry um, but I've also worked for a lot of household names in other sectors as well so I kind of sit across a variety of sectors but my focus for the last 15 or so years has been on organizational culture strategy and workforce experience and how the two interact and can be developed. So research is a big part of this work. I love research, it's fascinating. And I think listening to the people that you want to serve is always a really good good place to start. So that's me. Definitely couldn't agree with any more. So both of you are just really, really super experienced in your own rights. Um, and you know, it's quite kind of inspirational really because it seems like most people that I speak to that are really su successful like yourself, you know, they start in the fitness industry, but you know they've literally started, you know, right at what would be, you know, kind of a, a very basic job, and they've kind of all, you know, worked your worked your way up, which is really, really inspiring. I think for you know people that are thinking about coming into the industry, especially, you know, the younger audience that might be listening, um, you know, things are possible, aren't they? Providing you're prepared to work hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they both say. Um, so, Katie, how did you guys um, get together on this? project I'm fascinated to know how that came about yeah so as Lindsay said we never actually worked together before but we'd always stayed in touch and I was obviously looking at what she was up to and following her journey on on LinkedIn etc and it just and I'd already decided that I was going to do my um, mental health uh, first aid training with Mental Health First Aid England and I finished my course and then I saw a LinkedIn post from Lindsay pop up that said she'd already completed her course as well so that sort of started a conversation around um, the, the the sort of shared interest we had in mental health and I think for me I've spent sort of my whole professional life very focused on helping to raise profile for the benefits of the physical health um, but haven't done very much work in terms of comms work 
focus on the mental health just because you know it's not the sector that we work in we're all very much focused on the physical side of things so and then over once we went into lockdown and the pandemic and I was seeing more and more news reports on mental well-being and you know the need to look after ourselves etc check in with other people I started to think more and more about the mental health side of things and how important it was to not only have a healthy heart but also a healthy mind and then how the two of those things interacted and that's what got me on the path of you know doing my first qualification and when I spoke to Lindsay I realized that she was also passionate like I was in exploring this whole area and we, we just wondered what's what what skills we could bring that we had that could add to the conversation of mental health because we felt that in our sector we are all so focused on the physical that you know what attention is being paid to the mental health side of things and also a lot of what we do is very much end user focused so yeah. it's all about um, designing programs etc that are going to get the nation healthy, um, fitter and healthier, etc. But what we were really interested in, obviously, Lindsay's line of work is is very much about organisational structure and employees and workforce. And we were just we we just both shared an interest in. Okay, that's all great. There's there's lots going on potentially on the end user side but who's looking at the workforce what is the state of mind at the moment in the workforce obviously at the time we we're in the middle of the pandemic um it's just how are people feeling you know, how are our friends and colleagues feeling and we started to have a dig around just to see if there was any research any sort of benchmarking done on the mental health of the workforce and we, we couldn't find anything and um i picked up the phone to tara dylan ceo at simsborough and just said you know as, as far as you're aware is there any work that's being done or has been done in this area and um she said she said well well no uh, but she did recognize that it's a really really important area of work so Lindsay and I then just started on this journey really we started to formulate an idea okay well if no one else has done it maybe this is something that you know needs to be done and we could be the people that do this and you know our ambition is just is at this stage is to just shine a light on mental health and to you know get people talking about it so that we can all you know, work towards make, creating an environment that is, you know, mentally a nice place to be. Um, that's yeah. really, really how it sort of all, all got started, really. And and that's quite fascinating. The fact that you guys have just kind of thought, right, you know, actually, let's 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 obviously you still need to concentrate on on the end user, but you know, who is looking after the well being of the people delivering, you know, this support towards the end user? So, Lindsay. Can I ask? So, what made you think? Right, a survey is the way forward. You know, what? Why was why was that kind of the first thing you, that you thought you would do? So, um, I I love a bit of evidence and a bit of data. Yeah. And when Kate and I were talking, I guess I put the culture hat on, and we started to talk about what it would take to create real change, because real change is is always about culture. And of course, we were talking about mental health because of the pandemic, but we were talking more broadly, more long term. And as Katie said, we couldn't find any substantial sector specific data about the mental health of the workforce. There is some fantastic work that's been done on coaching and a lot more on sport, but not particularly on the sector that we we knew well. And everything was focused on the customer. And of course, that's really important. Yes. But so are the workforce, as Katie said. And I actually see this research tendency in other sectors that I work in too. Um, some organisations are fantastic and they, they put their employees first and they understand that what their employees have is what they're able to give. Um, but, you know, the workforce, whether they're employed, whether they're independent, are the people we need to deliver the amazing work that the sector does. So I think we have a duty to understand what's going on for them. 
and that means asking them. Um, there's data on the general UK workforce, and as I said, there's some great work in the sports field, but we felt that something more tailored would bring more meaningful insights and deliver more value. And so we felt the research would help shape the debate and look at how the industry could respond. And as I said, because Katie and I've worked in the sector, we know some of the characteristics and nuances of what that experience is like. Yes. So really the survey gave the workforce the opportunity to tell us about their experiences and to help us understand both the variations. We know that it's different for everybody, but also the trends. So that, that's why we do. Sorry, you've just broke up a little bit at the end there. What did you just say? Oh, sorry, which bit did you hear? Uh, got up to about the last 10 seconds. So just the very, very end part. Okay, so the survey gave yep. the workforce the opportunity to tell us about their experiences yes. and to help us understand both the variations, because we know that experiences can be very different, but also yep. to look at the trends and where it might be worthwhile to focus uh, in terms of best practice and taking action. Yes, and, and you know, it could be that actually there could be an organisation that generally just doesn't really know that they're, you know, really how they're, their their workforce are feeling so you know they it would this would be great in terms of like you say being able to maybe look at some people that are doing it really really well and like you say following that best practice um Lindsay how long did it take you to put the survey together and and how on earth did you decide what questions to ask okay so <laughs> we've, we've been working on as Kate said we've been working on the idea since last summer and it, yeah. it wasn't just really about the survey it was about doing the research it was about being clear on what we wanted to do, where we felt we could add most value, what our goals were. Um, it was being clear on the approach and the tone of the survey, what it could and couldn't do. Um, mm -hmm. And also putting in place all the elements that we would need to make it work. And communication was a big part of this, making sure people understood what it was about so they felt comfortable taking part and making it as accessible as possible as well. So in terms of the questions we decided to ask, as I said before, real change is, I think, always at a cultural level. So we wanted to ask questions that explored that. Um, we were guided by the Thriving at Work review, which uh, gives six mental health course standards, as well as guidance for more ambitious progress. And this is drawn from industry best practice. And these core standards are considered as something that all UK organisations, large or small, should be capable of implementing. So we were really interested in um, research that could be applied and used by people. Um, the review also covers um, work supporting independent workers. So we've got a lot of those in the sector as well. So we looked at a lot of research um, encompassing different styles perspectives and functions because workplace mental health is a multidisciplinary matter. Um, we spoke to a range of subject matter experts in and out of the industry. We brought our own knowledge and experience from our work and we identified the gaps. And then we also thought about who might take the survey, what the design would need to be, what the user experience would be and the language that we'd use as well. So this led us to design two surveys. So we did one for individuals and one for employers. So we wanted to establish the current state of mind at all levels of the workforce and also to 
explore how organizations are approaching mental health and well-being and their capability to affect change. So as this was the first research of its kind specifically for fitness and active leisure, we focused on asking questions that would get data on some of the key questions such as the incidence of mental health issues and the impact of the pandemic. But we also asked people more broadly about their experiences and their preferences to better understand what was happening for people and to see if there were trends in the data. And the free text option at the end was put in so that people could give context to their responses. We wanted to keep the survey short, but we wanted to allow people to um, share their thoughts. And it has helped us to better understand why people have answered in the way that they've done it. Um, and finally, we know there's a stigma around mental health issues. We felt strongly that the survey should be anonymous. Um, anonymity has its pros and cons in research, but we felt that it was important for this piece of work. Yes, absolutely. And and sort of one of my next questions are going to be, did you have different questions in line for different roles? But you kind of said there that you had two levels of survey um so and, and, I, and i guess probably my question for that is 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 you know i feel very much um that we when we're doing it well i think we do concentrate on kind of the end user um and kind of the workforce when it's being done well but my my i always wonder you know who is looking after the managing director who's looking after the ceo or the, or the cfo because they too through this pandemic have had you know, massive responsibilities and challenges, and 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 I wonder, would the would the survey be looking to 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 come across to that pool of people as well? So we have, so just to be a bit more specific about the survey, so we had different routes through the survey depending on how people answered, right? Um, and of course, we had one for individuals and one for employers. But yes, we asked questions so that we could understand the types of people that were answering and actually we've had we've had a broad range of responses both in terms of role and in terms of seniority as well excellent excellent and so you said um katie that um you spoke to uh, tara uh, at the beginning of this uh podcast so um how are since we're going to be involved with this going forward uh well um hopefully in some way shape or form yeah I think the whole we'd like the whole sector to be involved in this in some way shape or form so I mean Simsborough have been excellent for us in the beginning um Tara's been really supportive and she is really supportive of not just of the survey but of looking at this whole area of mental health in the workforce and really what Simsborough helped us to do was to get the survey out to as many individuals and as many employers as possible because obviously the broader the data pool the the more robust the piece of research is and, and the more value it will have to more people so Simsp has been a fantastic partner for us and we're really grateful that you know that they've they've come on board and helped us get to where we are now and as you say going forward I very much hope that Simsp will play a role in this obviously you know they their their key ambition is to look out for the workforce and to you know to move things forwards in terms of standards so so yes I would see them playing a, a key role in the development of of this whole topic and issue as we as we move forwards and um so, yeah, and I just want to do a special shout out as well to Charlie Anderson in Tara's team. She's been really helpful helping us get the messages out there on LinkedIn and sharing with her team internally so that they could share with with employers. So, yeah, thanks, Charlie. Appreciate your help. Oh, that's um, wonderful. And I guess, like you say, you know, although, like you say, uh, since we've been involved and they've sort of helped you to get the word out there, like you both said, this is something that you're looking to do to implement 
sector wide, isn't it, at the end of the day? So you really want to be able to take this information, look at it, see what's going on, feed it back out, and then kind of be the be the sort of the, at the forefront of making some really positive changes for the better for the workforce. Absolutely. And I think, you know, everybody's got a role to play in this. Every individual, regardless of whether you're a lifeguard or whether you're a CEO of a big company, we all we all have mental health. This is something that affects every single one of us. Yeah. And we've been, you know, in looking at the, like the response rate, we've been really pleased with how open a lot of people have been in their responses. Like Lindsay mentioned there with the open questions, there's been a lot of narrative written around this. You know, people didn't just necessarily fill in the questions and, and click end. They did spend some time to give us a bit of their story and give us a, a little bit more information around their own personal experiences that will all help us to build a picture uh, in the long run. So, I mean, we've been really, we've been really encouraged by the sentiment that people have shown towards this survey and the work that we're doing. We've had, I mean, I, I guess you could argue that if anybody was saying anything negative, they probably wouldn't tell us about it. But we have literally had so many um, messages of support. And I just think, you know, not just the pandemic, but everybody is affected, aren't they, by mental health. It's something that affects all of us. At some stage in our life, we're probably all going to need some sort of support. And um, I think shining a light on it has hit a you know, has hit a, not a nerve, but has, has fired a bit of a, you know, given people a, a reason to, to look at this whole area. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I just think, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel very blessed to work where I do, you know, at um, Premier Global, um, the guys there that, you know, we, we, we have regular check-ins, we've got mental health champions and things, but, you know, so, so we all feel very, um, lucky but you know there will be people that aren't in that particular position and you're so right Katie at the end of the day and Lindsay at some point you know we do need to discuss about our mental health and well-being um, and even if you've been lucky enough not to have been affected by something up until this point it's not to say that there won't be in the future and you know if you're going to know from this survey where you can go who you can talk to what's available what's going to be available for you that will just make a massive difference won't it and I think we'd just like to as well say a big shout out to just everybody who took part. Um, we really appreciate it. We know that um, a lot of people are stretched. We know that there's a lot of demands on people's time. And we know that some people find it uncomfortable to talk about. But we really appreciate everybody that took the time to take the survey, that shared it with their networks, and that just helped make this happen. It's one of the things I love about this sector. And um, we just hope that it will be a really useful um, piece of, of research that can help move the conversation forward. I'm sure it will. Certainly with you two behind it, I, um, I have every confidence in it. So, ladies, the results are in. Um, I can imagine there's quite a lot of information to go through. Um, what are the plans going forward now you've got all the results in? So, yeah, so Lindsay's literally locked herself in her shed at the bottom of the garden for the next minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really quiet place in the house. <laughs> to, go, to go through all the data and obviously we'll, we, we will pick out the key findings and, and we will share those um, in the form of a report. But there is literally so much data in there. So that's going to take us a little bit of time to do. And our ambition is that we will be able to share you know, the key findings from this report at 
sort of mid to end of March. So we've got to be a little bit flexible because we don't we, we don't exactly know. Every time <laughs> Lindsay keeps ringing me really excited with, oh, my goodness, you should see this bit of data and this bit of data. And so you know, we've, we've got to pick out where the real gems are and what's going to be most useful in terms of actionable change moving forwards in the in the short, mid and long term. Um, so so for us, it's very much focused at the moment on getting that report ready um, and, and and we really want the report to be as accessible as possible. So it will be free to everybody. That was always very important to us that there would be no charge for this information. Everybody has you know played their part in giving us their views uh, with regards to completing the survey. And we just want to share it far and wide because I think this really is the official start of starting the conversation about mental health and I, I you know I, I recognize that a lot of companies internally are probably already working on a lot of um, uh, procedures and support systems but at the same time we haven't really as an industry shone a spotlight on it and started talking openly in the way that we are now and it's obviously not just us that are doing good things in this area there's a, there's a lot of good activity that's starting to come through and um, we just hope that this survey will help others to build products and services based on the insight that we're creating, because ultimately we just want to, you know, improve the environment for everybody. Because um, ultimately that will lead to a, you know, a happier, healthier, more prosperous industry that everybody benefits from. And also it will help us to attract new talent into the industry, um, which is obviously really important for growth too. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it's 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 just I'm just very excited to be able to um you know review this report when it comes out and i think you're absolutely right to, to sort of loosely commit to the time frames that you have because i think it's better to wait and get everything collated and to be able to present it exactly how you want to have the maximum effect um when you when you um are in a position to share the report obviously you will um i would really love uh, you ladies to come back and for us to have another conversation um just to discuss what we have found or what you guys have found um and i think we may be even able to potentially ask tara to come on just to give her thoughts on how she would like the sector to respond um like i say it's going to be an industry-wide effort it's not just going to be down to simspa um but it'd be great if tara would be able to come on and if you guys could share the, those results with me maybe hopefully at the beginning of april um would be really really nice would you be able to do that We'd absolutely love to, love to yeah perfect well i've um any any last thing you would like to say lindsay at all just before we uh finish uh no just thank you really thank you for helping uh spread the word and um we just appreciate the opportunity of coming on and, and chatting to you so um oh, i look forward as you say to, to meeting you in person at some point yeah well you know what i think <laughs> I think I'm so used to doing sort of this kind of stuff now and I think meeting somebody actually I'm being quite serious now meeting somebody face to face it, I'm, I'm going to find that you know quite an anxious thing now because it's just I'm so used to being on camera um but no it's been my pleasure to be able to facilitate the conversation um and I want to thank you both very very much for this really superb effort that you've done and I've got no doubt that you're going to really make a difference to our sector for us. Thank you both very, very much for your time um, and look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks, Susie. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.